The Two Faces of Joe Biden I Believed in a Man I Did Not Know Quote, Power does not corrupt, fear corrupts. Perhaps the fear of a loss of power. John Steinbeck I not only believed in the myth of Joe Biden, I helped sell it. My father had just died, and it was easy for me to transpose my grief onto Joe as I tried to convince my fellow Hillary supporters that he was the only candidate who could beat Trump. Yes, the old white guy whose moment had finally arrived. He would save us, we all thought. He was empathetic and kind. He was, I insisted, a good man. He'd once crossed the street in D.C. as the then-vice president to talk to my daughter's fifth-grade class. My daughter stood just inches away from him. Who didn't love Joe? For podcast listeners, a picture of Joe Biden greeting my daughter's fifth-grade class. Scranton Joe is the good man, the good father, who rode the Amtrak train home from D.C. every day to be with his family. He's the forward-thinking progressive who fought for the black community, for victims of sexual assault, and for gay rights, even before Obama did. He was famously almost too young to serve when elected to the Senate in 1972. Here he is, alongside his family, celebrating his birthday just one month before his wife and baby daughter would be killed in a car crash. They gave a surprise party yesterday for Joe Biden, who will make history because of his age when he takes his seat in the new Senate. looking father of three young children was celebrating his 30th birthday. That makes him just old enough to be a United States Senator, 30 being the minimum age prescribed by the Constitution. Biden, a liberal Democrat, pulled one of the big upsets of the election by unseating a 63-year-old Republican, Caleb Boggs. In Washington today, he was having trouble convincing some people he really is a senator and having some doubts about the Senate seniority system while hoping older members won't hold his age against him. I expect these fellows are going to uh, uh, eventually uh, judge me on my merit, not on my age, and uh, I have to establish that merit, assuming there is any there. I don't think it's going to be much of a problem. I, beyond uh, having other senator staffs think I'm applying for a job or as a page or something. Would you like to see some changes in the seniority system? <laughs> well. How could so much good fortune be cut short by a tragedy that would leave his two boys without a mother? Joe Biden was sworn in at the hospital as his two young sons looked on with confusion. Joseph Biden Jr., carrying his three-year-old son Hunter, walked into a small meeting room in Delaware's medical center to take the oath of office. Hunter suffered a skull fracture in the accident. Biden's other son, four-year-old Joseph Biden III, viewed the ceremony from his bed, which had been wheeled into the room. Bo, as young Joe is called, fractured his leg in the auto crash and is in traction. Biden had requested that he take his senatorial oath in the hospital so that his children could be with him. As his father-in-law held the Bible, Joseph Biden, the second youngest United States senator ever elected, was sworn into office. And then Biden made a very unusual pledge. I make this one promise that uh, if in six months or so there's a conflict between my being a good father and being a good senator, which I hope will not occur, 
I thought would, but I hope it won't. Uh, I promise you that I will uh, will contact Governor-elect Tribbett as I had earlier and uh, tell him that uh, we can always get another senator, but they can't get another father. But there is another Joe Biden. It's the one who has shunned his granddaughter. He pretends does not exist. At least with the Biden name, she could make something of herself. But no, says Joe. She isn't one of us. It's the Joe Biden who would exploit a family tragedy to hold a press conference and photo op that was good for his image while being sworn in in 1972. It's the Joe Biden who claimed the death of his son Beau kept him from running as Obama's successor in 2016, when the truth was that Obama didn't want him to run. He wanted Hillary instead. Quote, The incredible bond I have with my children is the gift I'm not sure I would have had had I not been through what I went through after the fatal crash. But by focusing on my sons, I found redemption. Joe Biden, Yale Commencement Address, 2015. Here is Miranda Devine on Joe Biden. All along, I thought it was corrupt, hot mess Hunter exploiting the dad's name and kind of you know, bringing Joe in on a deal here or there to pay some bills, but that this was a Hunter operation. It's just now dawning on me that, no, this was a Joe Biden operation using Hunter. It's the other way around. It, yes. And so I, I think I do feel a lot of sympathy for Hunter. I mean, he, he you know, his life is a mess. Uh, he was a crack addict. I hope, you know, his recovery is going well. Um, but I, I do feel sorry for him. He had great tragedies in his early life. He lost his mother when he was two years old. He was badly injured with his older brother, Bo, in that yeah, car accident. Um, and, uh, and you know, Joe Biden has had this image that he's carefully cultivated for many decades of being such a good father and family man and, uh, and, and a man full of empathy because of the grief, genuine grief he himself has suffered losing his wife and his baby daughter in that car accident. But I also look at the photos uh, from his swearing in um, he he didn't have to go into the hospital room where his little bandaged boys were lying and have them in the foreground of these photos as he was being sworn in. He could have done it out in the corridor. Um, but no, uh, that, you know, no American could fail to be moved and um, feel, you know, weepy when you see that photo of those little motherless boys um, lying in the hospital bed with their father behind them with his hand up swearing an oath. Um, but it's a very cynical photograph and Joe Biden used it in every campaign since and he's traded off that tragedy uh, in his career to, you know, a rather a lacklustre intellect um, to rise to great heights and the sympathy that 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 tragedy elicited and, of course, then compounded by the fact that, um, you know, the favoured son, Bo Biden, uh, died tragically of a brain tumour sometime later and he was really Joe Biden's, um, you know, golden child. The uh, He was supposed to be president. Uh, that was the dynasty that Joe Biden, I think, is, cares about more than anything else, is creating a Kennedy-like dynasty. He even has a sort of Kennedy-like compound in Delaware um, where the, where he sort of plots his presidential runs. Um, so uh, there has been tragedy in the family, but I don't see a lot of empathy really in Joe Biden because 
um, he he's exploited his son. I, I mean, that seems a very harsh thing to say, but it's what I've observed. And, um, you know, for instance, Hunter Biden did have an addiction problem um, that, you know, you could expect maybe from someone who suffered early childhood trauma. And so what kind of a father puts his addicted son in front of gushing torrents of unaccountable cash? which is exactly what was happening from Ukraine, from China, et cetera. You would keep your addicted son away from that if you really cared about them. Oh, my gosh, these are amazing points. This is giving me just a whole new lens through which to see this entire story. And this is exactly contrary to the way the media portrays him and he portrays himself, as you're pointing out. I'm thinking now even about Bo Biden and how when Joe Biden was thinking about running for president, he said... Yeah. Bo Biden, you know, wanted him to do it, you know, with like a deathbed wish. And now that he is president and he refers to his son who has passed, he says that Bo died in Iraq, trying to ratchet up the sympathy, I guess we're supposed to feel. But <clears throat> of course, Bo Biden did not die in Iraq. He died from a brain tumor that may have been linked to some of the things that he was exposed to in Iraq. We don't know. But it's just these little manipulations that tug at your heartstrings that are actually incredibly cynical and not not a lovely example of a loving father. And, you know, we could talk about the the unacknowledged granddaughter now. And, you know, while still the team around him meets and strategizes over how to keep that out of the news. As a senator in 1972... Joe Biden would bear witness to the downfall of Richard Nixon, just two years away from resignation. He could not know all of those decades ago that he would face something far more serious than being caught on tape offering to pay off a blackmailer. No, this is an obstruction of justice Biden is accused of participating in. It's out-and-out corruption, the worst kind. Being a politician who traded power and influence for profit. Comparing what Biden is alleged to have done with even the most serious charges against Trump is laughable. The more of Biden's story that is revealed, the worse the Trump hunters will look. As always, the legacy media is the only thing standing in the way of a Nixon-like downfall for Joe. They're in way too deep now, but if Biden goes down, so do they. After all, they were responsible for helping put Joe in power in 2020 to absolve themselves of the sins of Trump. Now they will pay a price for ignoring the Biden scandal. All the President's Sons It's hard to look at Joe Biden's life and not think about East of Eden, the Steinbeck novel turned into a movie in 1955, based on the story of Cain and Abel. It's not the same story, but it's similar enough. Here is a scene from the film. That's for you. And it's all the money you lost in the lettuce business. That's for you, and I... I made it for you. Cal, you will have to give it back. No, I, I, made, it, I made it for you, Dad. I, I want you to have it. You'll have to give it back. Who? I can't give it to Ooh. the people you got it from. No. British purchasing agency? I can't give it back to them. Bad. Then give it to the farmers you robbed. We didn't rob anybody. That would, we paid two cents a pound, two cents over the market for that stuff. Cal, I sign my name, and boys go out, and some die, and some live helpless without arms and legs. Not one will come back untorn. 
Do you think I could take a profit from that? Please I don't want it. the money, Cal. I couldn't take it. I, I thank you for the thought, but I'll keep it for you. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up and we'll, we'll just keep it in here. And then we'll, I'll yeah, never we'll, take we'll, it. Son. The golden child Beau was meant to carry on the family name and was preparing to run for governor when he died tragically in 2015. The other son, Hunter, the wayward Cain or Cal, was nothing but trouble for his father, acting out in obvious ways to get his approval and attention, but never quite getting it, engaging in corruption to enrich the Biden family. Hunter didn't just engage in high-risk behavior with cocaine and hookers. He did it on camera, uploaded it to porn sites, and left it all on his laptops, which he then abandoned at a computer repair shop. Another scandal is haunting Hunter Biden. A damaging leak is set to embarrass his father, the U.S. President Joe Biden, again. Hunter Biden is believed to have filmed himself with a sex worker. Dozens of such videos were uploaded to the internet, allegedly by Hunter Biden himself. The photographs are from those same videos. These claims have been published by a British tabloid. They say they have accessed Hunter Biden's search history too. The data reveals Hunter Biden's fixation with pornography. In March 2019, he is believed to have visited 281 websites in a span of six days. Out of this, 98 were adult video sites. There are some disturbing search results too. Allegedly, Hunter Biden searched for a tutorial on how to hack a lover's mobile phone. Hunter had a controversial relationship with Halle Biden. She was the wife of Beau Biden, the deceased older son of the president. The search history was allegedly recovered from the same laptop that Biden... Wasn't exactly hiding it. If anything, he seemed like he was begging to get caught. To finally experience some of the much-needed consequences that might have changed his life. But they never came then, and they won't be coming now. But what about Joe? Did he have anything to do with the payoffs by foreign leaders to buy influence? If he skimmed off the top and feigned ignorance, it would be one thing. But it's far more sinister than that. If the allegations against him are true, Biden used the sun with the dirty reputation as a go-between. Knowing if they ever got caught, Hunter would take the fall. Biden would make sure he didn't go to jail. Even as his son was spiraling into drugs and alcohol, and his other son was dying of brain cancer, Joe Biden still managed to push forward to cash in on the Biden name and his position in the Obama administration. In 2013, as Hunter Biden started a fund with the Chinese government, with Joe bringing Hunter there to meet with the CEO, the fund was then greenlit by the Chinese. Bo Biden was diagnosed with brain cancer. In 2014, as Burisma appointed Hunter Biden to their board of directors, paying him 83000 monthly. And while he and Devin Archer formed Rosemont Seneca, as Joe Biden flies to Ukraine to speak against corruption, a, quote, Kazakhstani oil company in Burisma joined with a Chinese company to announce a transnational financial arrangement. In 2015, as Hunter Biden organized a dinner at Cafe Milano, where Joe Biden dropped by to meet a high-level Burisma official, 
Vadim Pajarsky, Bob Biden's cancer had returned, and he died in May of 2015. Also in 2015, a Burisma source was quoted as saying, it costs $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to pay another Biden. In April of 2019, Hunter Biden dropped off three damaged laptops at a computer repair shop, and by October 14, 2020, the New York Post would break the story that was then silenced by Twitter and Facebook and dismissed as Russian disinformation. In October of 2020, Tucker Carlson broke the Tony Bobulinski story, which is roundly mocked by the legacy media and late-night comedy hosts. We just showed you the first 20 minutes of our interview a few hours ago with Tony Bobulinski, well-known international businessman, who was asked by the Biden family to do business with them in China. He met with the former Vice President Joe Biden two separate times, and they talked about the China business deal. Now, this information has been out for several weeks. It's been in the hands of a number of different news organizations. The reason you're hearing a lot of this for the first time tonight on this show is because they have resolutely ignored it and tried to suppress the story. Joe Biden has rarely been asked about it, though there is an enormous amount of detail and documentation that no one has refuted because it's real. This topic did come up because the president pushed it at last week's presidential debate. And what was notable was that Joe Biden didn't deny any specifics about his connections to the Chinese Communist Party, his family doing business there, he himself participating in that. In 2021, NPR's story on Hunter Biden, quote, Biden writes that his addictions entered a particularly dark phase after Bo died of brain cancer in 2015. It got to the point where in an intervention in early 2019, his father held him in a bear hug saying, I don't know what to do. In 2022, Elon Musk bought Twitter and the Twitter files exposed corruption at the FBI, pushing Facebook and Twitter to bury the laptop story and protect Joe Biden in the run-up to the election. From Michael Schellenberger, The Twitter Files Part 7, The FBI and the Hunter Biden Laptop, How the FBI and Intelligence Community Discredited Factual Information About Hunter Biden's Foreign Business Dealings, Both Before and After the New York Post Revealed the Contents of His Laptop on October 14, 2020. In Twitter Files Number 7, we present evidence pointing to an organized effort by representatives of the intelligence community aimed at senior executives at news and social media companies to discredit leaked information about Hunter Biden before and after it was published. By August of 2020, Mac Isaac still had not heard back from the FBI, even though he had discovered evidence of criminal activity. And so he emails Rudy Giuliani, who was under FBI surveillance at the time. In early October, Giuliani gives it to the New York Post. Follow the money. It's hard to turn away from such a dramatic story. The legacy press have become zombie-like in their ongoing Trump trance, refusing to chase what has to be the biggest political story of the decade, maybe of the century. Here is Douglas Murray on the media. The Biden family corruption story is just deadly for Joe Biden and as a result for the party should they be running him at the next uh, election. And this whole story has been simmering away. You've been on top of it. Uh, the New York Post has been on top of it. A lot of media haven't been on top of it. And it's come as a surprise to them this week. But it shouldn't have been a surprise. 
the sweetheart plea deal that Hunter Biden and his father had negotiated, and it's clear that it was a it was a family negotiation, it was meant to see him plead on these sort of relatively minor charges, get a slap on the wrist, and then 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 sort of get on with things. But the judge in Delaware turned out sort of uh, hadn't been spoken to, as it were. Uh, she made sure that she actually read the detail of it and wasn't happy with it, wasn't happy, among other things, that Hunter Biden was going to get effectively sort of exonerated for things yet to be discovered. And so since the plea deal yes. fell apart in the court in front of her, Hunter Biden ended up having to plead and pleaded not guilty. With Nixon, the cover-up was far worse than the crime itself. But in Biden's case, both the crime and the cover-up are equally bad. Dozens of government officials, experts, activists, and journalists have had Biden's back and covered for him. Now is the house of cards they've built, the Madoff-like empire of lies, finally collapses. All of them will be dragged down with it. When will the reporters figure this out and start chasing the story in earnest? It's hard to know. They've all been mandated to track the Trump indictments, which seem like child's play by comparison. And Jack Smith is just a few headlines away from looking like a fool. Peter Baker of the New York Times tweeted something that indicates he's at least asking the right questions. Quote, White House press secretary says Biden was never in business with his son, but does not actually say whether he was put on speakerphone when Hunter was conducting business and introduced to partners. As long as their Justice Department and their propaganda media keep the focus on Trump, they can deflect from high crimes by the Biden family. Yet this story goes all the way back to the perfect phone call they impeached Trump for. Imagine that. Trump getting impeached for daring to ask about the Biden's involvement in Ukraine. Here is Glenn Greenwald. This is somebody who was elected by the American people to be a, an American political official. Go back and look at that 2012 campaign where... Barack Obama ran with Joe Biden for re-election against Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan. And they talked about all the things they were going to do for the American working class, for American companies, for the unemployed. And then they got into office and Joe Biden, look at how much time he's spending micromanaging Ukraine. He said in this video, just kind of in passing, this is the 12th or 13th time I went to Kiev. Why... Is the United States so obsessed with and fixated on the internal governance of Ukraine? It didn't just start once Russia invaded in 2022. The United States has been governing Ukraine on such a, a granular level that you see Joe Biden laughing about the fact that he forced them to fire a prosecutor they didn't want to fire, that he wanted fired. Then again helped the company paying his son close to a million dollars a year, even though Joe Biden and his media allies claim he was just carrying out EU policy that wanted this prosecutor gone because he wasn't doing enough to fight corruption. But this is exactly the sort of thing that Joe Biden and his family have been doing forever. And they're making enormous amounts of money by doing it. And there's a mountain of evidence that Joe Biden has been heavily involved in every step of these transactions. The idea that Hunter Biden has been going around the world invoking his father's name in all these very explicit and aggressive ways and his father never got wind of it, had no idea that it happened, is laughable. 
It does not pass the laugh test. And yet this is the version of events that the media insists is true. That's the extent to which they're willing to lie for Joe Biden. These are the same people who just decided randomly to claim that that laptop was Russian disinformation and relieve Joe Biden of the opportunity or the obligation to have to address these questions prior to the election because they were so desperate to make him win and they're so desperate to ensure his re-election again and they're going to do all of these same things all while they're telling you that it's you and the independent media that you consume and social media that is the real menace when it comes to disinformation. These are the people who lie constantly. And the reason they're so obsessed with censoring the internet is because they don't want shows like this or any other to be able to have a platform, have a megaphone to question the lies that they're telling. That's what the whole game is about. We're witnessing unprecedented corruption at the top. Yet here we are with only a slim GOP majority in the House aggressively chasing the scandal and a handful of outsider reporters who give a damn. Everyone else shrugs and moves on. But that was exactly how Watergate went down, too. It wasn't a story until it was a story. Here is Nancy Mace on Biden. So, Congresswoman, you and your colleagues in the Oversight Committee have been very clear this is an investigation into Joe Biden, and now mm-hmm. we're hearing many of your colleagues talk about impeachment inquiries. What's the timing on that? How do you see this playing out? I'm not sure about timing, but certainly the impeachment inquiry gives us more leverage as we're going out to get evidence because the DOJ, the FBI, more recently we heard from IRS whistleblowers, have tried to block and tackle this thing, keep it in a uh, hidden away for no one to see, swept under the rug. And we've got to use every tool in our toolbox because the American people don't trust Congress. And we have to show every single piece of evidence so that they can trust the evidence, they can trust the truth when we deliver it to them with all the evidence that is becoming overwhelming. I don't know how I don't know how Joe Biden runs for president after all of this and what's coming out. I say, yeah, well that makes a that's a really good point. From the spectator, Hunter's grift was really the whole family's business. That business had only one product, selling political influence. We're in the middle of corruption bigger than our own democracy. We the people are not equipped to manage something that involves an actual hot war. Yet we deserve to know just how deep Biden's involvement goes with the Ukraine government. Since they tied Trump to Russia, and many Americans side with Ukraine the same way they side with Democrats, no wonder the scales of justice have been so lopsided lately. They have conflated Putin and Trump, yet it's really Biden and Ukraine that deserves closer scrutiny. Explained here by Matt Taibbi and Walter Kern on America This Week. But there's also an audio tape out there of the Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko, saying to Biden, you know, yeah, we fired the prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, even though we didn't have any reason to do it. We did it at your behest. Uh, you know, that audio tape's out there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. If you put it together, it, it looked pretty bad. And there was a conscious decision, as you say, I think, among the, the media to just say, okay, we're, we're not going to do our normal thing and look at every angle here. I know there were some reporters who tried um, and didn't get very far. But, um, but now, what are they going to do? As you say, is it 
we're going to wake up now and start covering this thing or the, I guess they can just cover basically the play by play of what happens from here. And you, you know, mm-hmm. here, here's the politics for dummies take too. Do you remember Ukraine being that big a deal through the 2010s? You know, uh, isn't it curious how quickly Ukraine became the center of the world? I mean, there could have been no place in a way more obscure. Now Romania's in there. Romania's pretty obscure too. But but who really knew until a couple of years ago that Ukraine was the center of the universe for American politicians in some ways? Um It was a place that I had paid exactly three minutes of attention to probably until, uh, you know, just a few years ago. And now it's just the hotbed of intrigue and, 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 and obviously war. That's not necessarily Ukraine's fault that they were invaded. But I just never would have guessed that. While we were doing all these other things, arguing about Trump, Russia, um, uh, you know, being concerned about the border and this and that and other thing, there was this huge cesspool over in Ukraine. Well, let's not prejudice it by calling it a cesspool. This 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 place that was magnetic for American policy interests, where all these you know the military and private individuals and politicians, relatives, and, and, and all this money was going. I, 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 like I say, it, it, when, you, when you rewind the whole thing, the Ukraine-centric news world was never something I expected. No, and do we have to now consider this war in a new light? Uh, I mean, the... Well, I mean, in a way, the last few years, the first impeachment, I mean, all kinds of stuff starts to look a little different if this story turns out to be as ugly as it looks. Well, that that's when I think the general public first became uh, uh, aware of Ukraine through this, you know, perfect phone call um, that Donald Trump was impeached for. Um, And, uh, you know, if if there had been this kind of traffic between American politicians, uh, families, and so on, and, and let's say South Vietnam, before we went to war there. Uh, I, I think it would be pretty hard to, um, you'd have to be pretty studied in your indifference not to wonder if there was some connection. I left the Democratic Party in 2020 after I watched them rig the election with dark money and well-educated lawyers who could simply rewrite any law that got in their way, not to mention a permanent propaganda press to do their bidding. I already knew they were corrupt and that they were lying to the public about almost everything, from COVID to lockdowns to voting to the protests in the summer and January 6th. And that meant all of the experts they dragged out to back them up were lying too. Health experts say racism is more important than COVID, from CNN. Over 1,000 health professionals sign a letter saying, don't shut down protests using coronavirus concerns as an excuse. Military experts tell Trump not to send in the military during protests over the summer. From foreignpolicy.com, the stakes are high, and we must be better than this. Six military heavyweights and defense experts weigh in on Trump's call for the military to put down protests. And yes, from Politico, 
Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former intel officials say. More than 50 former intelligence officials signed a letter casting doubt on the provenance of a New York Post story on the former vice president's son. It just tugs at your heart, doesn't it? And it makes you kind of sick. That they could lie so brazenly, thinking themselves on the right side of history because they were stopping a -a once-in-a-generation threat to democracy. But they were the threat to democracy. They can't negotiate the truth they want just to cling to power. How long will they be able to keep the balls spinning? How long can they fool the public? How long will the legacy press turn a blind eye? And worse, how will we ever trust our government, our FBI, our experts ever again? We used to have journalists in the mainstream who cared more about the public's trust than they cared about their own image on social media. What hope do we have now, except our faith in a few good Republicans, with a slim majority in the House, to bring forth witnesses who will risk everything just to tell the truth? Thank you for listening to my Substack, sashastone.substack.com. I hope you have a great weekend, and remember, to thine own self be true. If I wanted
Take it up with 